This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 644 with Sarah Walton. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 644. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Before we dig into this episode, I do want to just put a little bit of a trigger warning here at the top of the episode that Sarah does reference rape in this episode. So if that is something you don't have the capacity for today, or you just feel like it's not the right time, the right place, the right moment, then feel free to skip this episode or postpone to a place where you maybe do have the capacity to touch on that subject just a bit. Sarah Walton is a business mentor who's been featured on the Today Show, speaks at women's conferences all over the world, and has helped hundreds of women start and grow businesses they love. Originally from Salt Lake City, Sarah spent her 15-year corporate career in New York City navigating the male-dominated world of tech, managing a P&L worth hundreds of millions of dollars, working closely with Marianne Williamson, mentoring dozens of women, and balancing motherhood at the same time. She's the voice behind the Game On Girlfriend podcast, and she's known for her weekly Sarah Uncut TV show on YouTube and live Coffee with Coach streaming video conversations on Monday mornings. 
When Sarah and I first started talking about the things we could talk about on the show, she casually mentioned high-functioning codependency, and I immediately stopped her and exclaimed, yeah, that's it. (laughs) I knew that was where we needed to go. There was quite possibly nothing my audience needs more, and full disclosure, I knew that I could benefit from this conversation too, and I did. So for better or worse, if you are a high-functioning, overachiever, people-pleaser kind of person, I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself in this episode. Listen in to hear Sarah share her grocery store story that began her season of being a high-functioning codependent daughter, why so many women are high-functioning and how this leads us to codependency, what keeps us locked into high-functioning codependent habits, the one question to ask yourself if you think you're trapped in codependent habits, the devastating role of self-betrayal in codependency. Oh, this one was a hard one to hear. <laughs> we also dig into my own examples of high-functioning codependency. You're welcome. I, you know I love being the guinea pig for these conversations. <laughs> and Sarah shares why women are so reluctant to self-promote and market our brilliance. I loved this conversation. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. So get ready to take a few notes, get ready to look at yourself and see a few areas where you might be able to improve a bit, where you might be able to let go of some things and where you might be able to actually ultimately up level in areas you haven't considered. So with all that, let's go ahead and welcome Sarah Walton to the Shameless Mom Academy. Sarah, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, Sarah. I'm happy to be here with you. Amazing. I love when we have two Sarahs. Love it. Yes. yes. And I have to give a little (laughs) shout out to our mutual friend, Julie Fry, who always makes the greatest connections. And she connected us and she's like, I have a feeling you two might hit it off. And of course we did. So here we are. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. She is the best. Thank you, Julie. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Oh, my heavens to Betsy. So (laughs) honestly, there's so much going on in my family. We're just learning about being teenagers, right? Yeah. Mm. Having the teenagers. So really learning about that. Good times. Gooey goodness. How old are your kids? They are 12 and 15. Okay. Yeah. So that's been, I got to tell you, I really love it. I've really enjoyed having deeper conversations with my kids. I really, I just love that. I am really excited to watch them become contributing members of society. Shall Mm. we say that? (laughs) (laughs) And for work, I got to tell you, you know, really 2020 brought something so exciting. I think for me, as hard as it was for me and for all of the women that we get to work with and are part of our audience on YouTube and the podcast and It has just changed everything for me. The business has exploded in such a joyous and exciting way. And we've been helping so many women understand their relationship to money and how that affects their day-to-day lives. And this year we have so many incredible programs rolling out. It's like, I, I kind of... I'm like, is this really happening? Like, oh my gosh, are we doing this? This is incredible. Oh my gosh, we're doing this. You know, that kind of a feeling. So there's been this wonderful side of the mountain, I'd like to say of entrepreneurship and exploring more of how we want to show up for people and how we want people to feel when they hear about us. I love that. I was actually just doing an interview this morning around permission and women giving per- women asking for permission and women agreeing to not ask for permission. <laughs> and we were talking about how to get out of your own way and 
take action and take leaps during this time when things feel continually unpredictable and (laughs) everything seems to be up in the air. And so I love that you, while the world was upside down, you just kept taking action and it's gotten to you to this really phenomenal place because I think it's easy to be like, I'm just going to sit down for a minute until I I feel like I can control it all or until Mm -hmm. it feels like things are more predictable. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the magic comes from not sitting down in those moments. really does. It's just been, I don't want to say it was an accident, but it kind of, you know, it's like, yeah. I always tell people to listen to the nudges. You know, my favorite phrase is three people tell you you're drunk, lie down. Mm-hmm. And so um, I say that about nudges, right? And yeah. it's like, if you have an idea, just take action. And that's really, it's really what we did. I love it. Okay. So you have a grocery store story. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us your grocery store story? Oh my and gosh. the impact of this event on your life. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I think just the name grocery store story is such mm-hmm. a tongue twister. So I was, when I was reading it, it was silently and I went to say it out loud, I was like, I should have practiced that. <laughs> it's amazing. Isn't it? I'm pleased. Yes. I've said it 8 million times. I'm like, so here's, I mean, here's really the truth of why I do what I do. And it started when I was five years old, I was watching the nutcracker on a PBS schedule schedule on a PBS special. Remember when PBS would do fundraisers and I was watching the Nutcracker and I remember turning to my mom and I was just like, mama, I want to do that. And that just started my love affair with dance. And we were pretty poor. So I didn't get a whole bunch of dance lessons or anything like that. I was very much self-taught every once in a while I could take a year or a month or two or something like that. But what kind of became my goal was to join the high school dance team. Once I got to high school, I had brothers who played football and I was always watching that dance team. And I just thought this was like the end all be all. So I got to try out when I was 15 and I was working so hard. Like I had like, I don't know. Do you remember the Janet Jackson videos? I mean, can we talk mm-hmm. about those for a second? Oh, yeah. The chair throwing yes. <laughs> rhythm yeah. nation, yes, right. All these things. And I just worked my rear end off and had lots of bruises on my knees, but the tryout day came <laughs> And I tried out for the team and I made it. And it was Mm -hmm. one of those moments, you know, where you're just like, wait, dreams can happen. Like this is a thing I caused to happen for myself. And it was so momentous for me, even though I was so young. And then a couple of days later, we got the letter that talks about the jacket and the costumes Mm. and the shoes. And I wanted to throw up because I was, I literally was just watching in my hands on that black and white paper. I was watching my dream being taken away because there's no way we could afford this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not being one to take things lying down. I know you're shocked. (laughs) I got a job at the mall at one of those little tchotchke places, you know, those little corner stores where I sold a bunch of crap nobody needed, but it was the eighties. So it was cool. And I got my first paycheck and I had to go to the grocery store to cash this check because I didn't have my own bank account and they used to have service desks at grocery stores. And as I'm walking into the store, my mom, who's a single mom at this point is walking in with my four-year-old brother. And she says to me, you know, the strawberries are on sale. Can we get some? Cause she knows I'm about to cash a check. And I think of the strawberries and I think of the down payment on my costume. And I think, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we can go get the strawberries. I'm going to go cash my check. You know, I'll meet you at the checkout counter. So I get my money and I'm walking towards the, you know, the express checkout and they're not there. My mom and my little brother aren't there. And I'm walking up and down the aisles. I'm looking for them. And I see them in line with a cart full of groceries. And in the cart is things like milk and my brother's favorite breakfast cereal and lunch meats for his, 
you know, lunches and sandwich, you know, the bread so he can make little sandwiches and the damn strawberries. And I'm standing there and I'm like, she can't pay for these. And I'm looking at the money in my hand and I'm thinking I can take care of my family or I can take care of a dream I've had for as long as I can remember, but I can't do both. And it was at that moment I decided I was never going to be able to take care of my family and myself. And that launched a career path for me where I was always taking care of everyone else, making sure they had the money they needed, the dance costumes they needed, or the soccer Mm -hmm. uniforms or the health insurance, whatever it was, but I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And it took a bit of time for me to recognize that a scared 15 year old was running my life and that I had to go back and take care of her and help her understand what had happened there. And that that wasn't so I could take care of both. And that was the day I quit my corporate job and started my business. So can you talk in that moment (laughs) from that grocery store moment, did that begin a long season of (laughs) having, of caretaking other people (laughs) and yourself trying to simultaneously caretake other people and yourself? Yeah. The yourself part mostly got dropped. I mean, yeah. You know, I just did. Like and, the other and people were the priority. Yeah, they just were. And the most amazing thing happened, you know, I bought the groceries that day mm-hmm. and another woman, one of my really close friends, mom heard what had happened. Oh, this makes me cry. She paid for my costumes and it makes me cry because I'm so moved by what women do Yeah, to make sure their community is okay. Right. And I don't know what she had to do to cover that. Right. She was a stay at home mom. I don't know where she got that money. I don't know exactly how that happened. Thinking of that now as an adult, right. That did not occur to me as a child, Yeah, but I don't know how she did that. And it was so amazing that in 2019, I held a conference in Salt Lake city. I went back to Salt Lake city where all of this took place and she was there. She came to the oh conference and I got to bring her up to the front of the room and thank her. Cause I've told this story so many times, yeah. but you know, Sarah, it's so strange when we sometimes sort of get in our heads about what our past is like, or what our stories are. And then there are moments where we see the human beings who were involved mm-hmm. and it just smacks you upside the head, right. To just yeah. sort of this, oh, that really did happen. Like it's a yeah. story I talk about, but it, it's real and people saw it and it happened. And she passed away. Oh my God. Only seven months after that moment. And it's just, you know, in looking at her and how she took care of me, you know, to sort of answer your question is I think I carried that forward. You know, I was always looking for the other person who needed it. And, you know, I was kind of the joke when I was running my team in corporate, I had like four pregnant women on my team all the time because I would hire them when they were pregnant and they hated their current jobs because I knew what that was like. (laughs) And I was always that I'm like, yes, get your butt over here. I'll train you, you know? And I would, it really is sort of what informed my current job is I would get to the office in the morning and had this really cool glass office and there would be a couple of people waiting for me. And these people were not on my team, (laughs) but they would come in and be like, I can't get my boss to notice me, or I really want to ask for a raise, or my Mm. team is not communicating. What do I do? And I really want to be better at my job. And I don't know how, and I'd be like, this is the best. I love these conversations so much. How do I just do this and not now have to turn around and do the rest of my job that I hate? (laughs) And so it was sort of like informed me that there was something else out there that I could do that sort of taps into the strength I created since that day 
of seeing what other people need and being able to provide it and helping them figure out how to provide it. And I think that was kind of the second piece I brought to it is it's not necessarily up to me. It might be up to me to lead someone towards those questions or help somebody see how their own behavior might be kind of getting in the way of what they say they want. And how do we figure out how we make the behavior match the actual end goal? Because for so many of us, that's confusing. And that part of it sort of clued me into this idea that me wanting to be there for other people and wanting to be able to provide for other people was a skill and a strength that I had, Mm -hmm. but there was a better way to use it that actually didn't leave me drained, but fulfilled and helped other people a lot more than just like putting a bandaid on stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So let's talk about like the supporting other people and feeling drained piece. <laughs> because Oh, that, because yes. Perhaps, Are you a woman per, who's alive? Right, per, yes. Maybe you know exactly. Yes. Are you a woman? Are you a mom? <laughs> perhaps that resonates. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing. And they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So can you talk a little bit about, it's funny when we were talking, we're introduced a while ago via Julie again, you mentioned high functioning codependence and I was like, we need to dig into that. So can you talk about what is high functioning codependence? And because I'm seeing some pieces of that in your story. And so I would love to know, share with everyone what it means. And then you can also connect it to your story a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, how many people, you can raise your hands, even though we can't see you, how many people listening just heard that phrase and went, oh my God, that's me. It's like the common response. When I say the words high functioning codependence, people go, that's me. I don't even know what that means, but I know that's me. (laughs) So listen, here's the deal. As women, we are extraordinarily high functioning. We know this, Mm -hmm. we joke around about it. We make fun of it. And there's a lot of physiological reasons for it. But the one I really want to talk about, if you were born into a female body, the connective tissue between your left hemisphere and your right hemisphere of your brain is thicker, right? There's more connective tissue in a woman's brain than a man's brain. That doesn't mean one's better than the other by any stretch. But what that thicker connection means is that we can bounce back and forth between the two very quickly. And that's one of the reasons we're able to multitask at the level we are. You know, you pick up your phone. Yeah, honey, great. Could you get the, hey, did you guys get the chicken in the oven? Good. Can you answer that email? And you're texting someone at the same time, right? Maybe with a baby on your hip, right? Like this is what we do. Yes. (laughs) And we can, right? Like that's the deal is we can. And the codependence piece comes in when we get rewarded for it. Mm, And the reward looks like, oh my God, you're killing it. And my least favorite, and this one was brought to my attention by the book. Oh gosh, it's called Untamed Mm -hmm. by Glennon Doyle. And Mm -hmm. there was one thing in that book that I took that smacked me right between the eyes. And it was the term selfless. Oh my God, she's so selfless. Yeah. Literally lost herself. And we reward that and we call Mm -hmm. her wonderful and we call her generous. And we as women are the biggest culprits of the codependence piece, not the only culprit, but we're the biggest. And I think we're the ones that are going to really have to support each other in stopping this behavior, not rewarding it. Oh my God, girl, you're killing it. Killing what exactly? Like, I really want us to think about that because it is not okay to run around making sure everyone else is okay while you are dying inside. It's just Mm -hmm. not okay. And we need to support each other in taking a step back and saying, Hey, are you okay? It's okay. You don't have to do that today. And not in such a way that we sabotage anyone. I don't mean that because sometimes people have asked me that. And it's like, listen, you know, when a friend's doing that, that is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about jealousy or anything like that. We are talking about healthy, loving relationships and friendships where we can turn to each other and say, I really need to take today off. Or, you know what? Let me come over. I will drop off dinner. Or let me make that phone call for you. You don't need to be doing that. Or even having great assistants and team members who come in and step up. It's really important that we create those environments for each other and that we start to peel this away. And 
The issue with this codependence piece is we as women tend to really foster it in each other, right? Like, oh, I gotta be as good as she is. How'd she do that? She looks great. And she made dinner. And I know her kids are beautiful. And I'm like, okay, she's probably exhausted and we need to check in with her and make sure she's okay. Cause it's not normal to function at that level for that long. It's just not, we're not right. designed to do that. And then the other piece is we do the invisible work. It's what I call it. The invisible work that has to get done. We do the laundry, we do the dishes, we do the grocery shopping, we do the mental thinking, we meet with the schools, we meet with the school assistants, we meet with people inside of our business that need our support and our time, kind of like I was doing when I was in that position. This is the invisible work that I call woman's work for the most part, at least in our society as it stands now. Let's hope that continues to change as we start to leave gender norms to the side. Mm -hmm. But this starts at a very young age for us. And we need to understand that. And it starts with things like, oh, don't cry. Where's that pretty smile? Mm -hmm. And we have to watch that too, right? Because what that message is, is your emotions are making me uncomfortable. So don't do that because your emotions don't matter as much as my comfort. Right. And we have to be really careful because that is truly where it starts. And that's where we learn to be quote unquote, people pleasers, mm -hmm. continue to do the invisible work that people don't pay for, right? Mm -hmm. And then wonder why we're exhausted and trying to look like we have it all together. So it's kind of this like puzzle that's been put together. And this term high-functioning codependence was coined, I believe, by Brene Brown. I hope I have that correct. That's where I heard it first. And I believe she was on the team of research that really started getting this named and identified mm -hmm. so we could start to talk about it. But it's very new. It was just a couple months ago that she really got into this. It's so spot on and prevalent and relatable. <laughs> <laughs> all the dots connecting make absolute sense. What are the steps that we can take to recognize codependent habits? Because I think that, I mean, you pointed out this starts at such a young age, our mm -hmm. cultural conditioning to be people pleasers. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to be like 46 in my case and be like, wait, is that thing that I'm doing? Is that like a high functioning codependent thing or not? Like, or am I just amazing? Yeah, <laughs> it's the only way I know how to live. It's the only way I've ever, it's like how I was trained yeah. to li live so, yeah. you know, decades ago. And so if you, it's the only thing, you know, mm. it's really tricky to like label, see, and then change anything. Oh, Sarah, you are asking all the good questions. Yeah. And that, I mean, cause like, it's so great for us to be like, oh, this great theory. Awesome. And then you're like, shit, I just ate. Oh, sorry if I swore. I just ate 89 That's loads it. of laundry. <laughs> it's like, wait. Exactly. Happened. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So let's talk about real yeah. life. So I'm going to say something that sometimes can offend people and please mean, I don't mean it to be offensive at all, but I don't believe you, if you're listening to this podcast, you, Sarah, me, Sarah, I don't believe we were put on this planet to do laundry. Totally. And again, I don't mean that. I'm not offended. Like, <gasps> you know, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not saying doing laundry is bad. Doing laundry is fantastic. And I mm. personally love it. Like I love folding. I'm a big Marie Kondo fan. Like I actually really <laughs> enjoy it. Right. I'm like crazy. <laughs> oh my God. I hate it. <laughs> um, Marie Kondo my house. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the, um, I mean, that's the usual response is like, no. Right. And I'm not saying like, it's somebody else's job. You're so special. And that's the part people can get offended about. That's not what I mean at all. Yeah. What I mean is I want you to start to notice when you're doing six loads of laundry and everybody else is watching TV. Yeah. I exactly. want you to notice that if you don't go to the grocery store and plan the meals, nothing's going to happen. Right. I want you to notice that if you don't take care to put things away and fold things a certain way and take care of the house, it will get destroyed. I want you to start to notice that you're the one that, that all of your friends call. And when you need people, there's no one for you to call. I want mm -hmm. you to notice these things, not because everyone around you is a big jerk and they're all lazy pants. Yeah. The part of the responsibility we need to take in this is that we teach people how to treat 
treat us. And for so many of us, this is like the really gentle, generous thing I want to bring to this conversation is we were trained to do this and we were given love and praise for doing this. So of course we did it. Mm-hmm. right? There's nothing wrong here. I don't want anyone to be like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. No, 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 no. We were trained to do this and you were rewarded for it. And now it's just sort of like a, oh, I see my role in this. I did this because I was rewarded for it. And it's, I really hate it. I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. And not in a, like, I don't feel like making dinner. You make not like that, but right. like, Hey guys, <clears throat> we're a community. We're a family. Here's what we're going to do. Susie, you're doing Monday night dinners. Johnny, you're doing Tuesday night dinners. Spouse, you're doing Wednesday night dinners. I'm doing Thursday night dinners and we'll have something fun on Fridays that we all plan together. Having one, it trained your children, which is a beautiful thing, how to be grownups and like meal plan and understand what food costs. I mean, these are like life skills that I think because we've been in such a high function codependent state, we have not been passing along, which is really sad. It's the same with laundry. Don't do anybody else's laundry. They don't do yours. And again, I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean it like you would never expect anyone else to do your laundry, but right. they expect you to do theirs. Right. So that's the part where I say that's on us. And you go, oh my gosh, you guys, I realized I was doing this thing that so doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve me. And it's not part of our family community. So here's how you use the washing machine. Here's what you want to do with these. I'm totally here. If you have any questions, the instructions are on the washing machine. I'll show you a couple of times and now it's on you. Mm-hmm. And here are my expectations. I expect your, your clothes to be folded. I expect you to take as good of care of your clothes as I've taught you to do. And I want you to remember if you ruin them, you know, once or twice, I got it after that, you just won't have them. Right. And then it's like, oh my gosh. And I got to tell you when I've done this with kids before, I've had some of my clients do it as they're really working to build up their businesses. And I'm like, all right, what are the other things people in your family can do that don't take you? Right. The kids get really excited. Yeah. They get like stoked by this. Yeah. They feel really there's like empowered. autonomy, more autonomy yeah. for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And there's no more like, Hey mom, are my soccer shocks? To, I don't know. Are they? Yeah. Oh, right. And that's the same with packing things for them. Or if they have a game or a performance or something like that, that they take care of that. And if they don't have their stuff, don't get it for them. And I know that sounds mean, but it's it teaches so, them. It's, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's yeah. hard. We've started doing that when we pack for things and I'm like, okay, Vinny, like you need three pairs mm-hmm. of pants, three pairs of socks, three, like whatever for however many nights or whatever, but like, and it's on him. And I am like, do not go check the bag. Do not. Yes. Okay. And then he goes to bed and I'm like, okay, I got to go check the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been really great. He's gotten really good at it. And it's funny because it make, I mean, yes, it's the level of autonomy and the things that he has to think through to be like, but wait, mom, like, is it going to be cold there? Is it going to, am I going to need a swimsuit? Like he always has follow-up questions. Yes. Should I take a lovey? Like, and so it is really great. Could I pack the bag in a third of the time myself? 100%. The, the other example that came to mind is <laughs> he recently got invited to go bowling with some friends and it occurred to me that I had not taught him to ever tie shoes. And this child is nine and a half. And so I said to her mom, I said, we dropped him off at the bowling alley. So we got the shoes and everything. And I'm like bending down, tying his shoes. And I look up at the mom who's hosting the thing and hosting the kids. And I said, I was like, don't judge. I'm yes, I'm tying his shoes. No, he does not know how to tie his own shoes. And I, he might not ever know because this is what happens when he needs shoes tied. I just always happen to be right here. And it's just faster to do it myself than like to teach him how to tie shoes. And she was like, oh my God, I'm the same. She's like, Micah doesn't know how to tie shoes either. I'm like, at some point, like it's like no longer. And I don't know if it's a pandemic thing or it's like, <laughs> or parents just gave up and we're like Velcro and we're bands done. only. Yeah. <laughs> like our kids don't know how to tie shoes. 
And it's a I- thing. I mean, I uh, one of the funniest memes, and then we'll get to this because this is really important. One of the funniest memes I saw during the pandemic is I used to have such strict bedtimes for my kids. Now they tuck me in and keep doing whatever the hell they want. And I started <laughs> laughing. I'm yes. like, oh my God, that's my house. Right. But yes, this is a real thing. And I think we have to give ourselves a whole bunch of love and a whole bunch of grace and recognize that we are living in unprecedented times. And the issue with the high-functioning codependence, I'm so happy you brought up the shoe tying because it's a big one. It's one I hear a lot. And you saw that with that mom too. It's one that's become really common. And what we want to understand is that we're putting the time pressure above two things. One, our ability to be free and their ability to not need us. And it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to hear that. And I get it because there are times I'm like, oh God, just give it to me. I'll just be, you know, because of course yes. we all have that. I'm like, stop it. You know, and we all have yeah. those moments. And then it's like, okay, listen, on Saturday morning, we're taking 20 minutes and we're going to nail this together mm-hmm. and taking the time to do it when you're not rushed and actually yeah. passing on these skills to our kids. There's a really great book called The Gift of Failure. It was written Mm -hmm. by a middle school teacher and it's one of my favorites. And I think as we start to deconstruct this high functioning codependence, which is really a part of this, right. Is like, it's just easier if I'm right here with you all the time. Right. And I get it. Of course it is. It's totally faster. It's so much easier and it helps no one. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem, right? It's like, oh, that part crap, you know, it's like, it feeds that high function, fast pace. Like I can do more things in less time. Yes. Which feels like productive and like I'm crossing things off my list and I'm getting through my day and like less obstacles. And yeah. So it's, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, so... but it's really taking a step back and going, oh, totally. Who's actually benefiting? And it, yeah, that's really the question too. I love what you asked. If we've done this forever, how do we know the difference? Um, right, right. That's yes. Yeah. Like, how do we yeah, touch like, ourselves? Um, help, we please? just all have to go to therapy for a therapist to tell us. No, you don't. But I like the answer. And I think everybody should be a therapy personally, but that's a different story for a different time. The question is really, okay, so here's what you want to ask is who benefits from this? Mm, Yeah. And it is the question to ask because what you just said was really telling because it can look like it benefits us. I got more things checked off my list. I got more. And then it's like, okay, but who does that benefit? Yeah. Oh, well, it benefits my kids. It benefits my spouse. It benefits my business. It benefits, does it benefit you? Right. And if speeding through life is benefiting you, that might be something you want to look at. It may be fine for you. And you know what? There might be some people listening to me and it is so painful to not see yourself as hyper productive. And believe me, I have all the empathy in the world for that. Please don't hear that as judgment. Anybody listening, right? Like, no, been there. I'm with you sometimes a lot still is when we need to look at when it is so painful to not be seen as productive, even in our own eyes, yeah. we are participating in high functioning codependence Yeah, because we were not put on this planet to be productive and check off to-do lists. We were put on this planet to make the difference we're here to make. And sometimes that means going a little bit slower. Yes. Can I give another example? Hit me sister. <laughs> so, because this is actually not around productivity, but I think it's another one that women get really caught up in. Yeah. So we all want to be a really good friend or a good sister or a good daughter or a good partner, mm. or whatever the thing is. We want to be good. And I'm putting that in quotes. Like we all yep. want to be good. So I was in this back and forth exchange with someone who I have just supported in a lot of ways over the years. And there was something that I needed and I never asked. Well, I generally don't ask people for anything. 
Yeah. Because high functioning codependent, I can do it all on my own. I'm fine. That's right. Yeah. But there was this request that I had and I was at the, so I said, Hey, I'm curious if you have any flexibility around this one thing we're working on. If we could trade this and this, that would be awesome. But no worries if that doesn't work for you. Okay. So the last line, very problematic. So (laughs) when I went to send this email, I thought maybe I shouldn't put that in there because this actually does matter to me. And I really would appreciate some flexibility here, but Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to seem pushy though. And Mm -hmm. I've done this person a lot of favors. So they'll probably be just, they'll recognize that and be like, I'm happy to bend over and like do a favor for you, you know, return the favor. So the person gets back to me right away and they're like, Oh, actually that doesn't quite work. I'd prefer to keep it as is. And I was so mad Mm. (laughs) because I'm like, but I've done all these things for you for years. Like I've gone out of my way over and over, but in my message, I said like, basically like no big deal either way. I made it seem insignificant to me because I wanted to seem good. And I wanted to like, just keep being that like really good person in the relationship that like, doesn't ever need anything. And like, I'm always cool either way. When the reality was like, no, I actually could really like you to meet me halfway on this. And I didn't say that. Right. And so do you want to unpack that one a little bit? Oh, heck yeah. Oh my gosh, Sarah, you are just being so generous, and by I'm the so, way. I'm this so, is like... I'm mad. I know like everybody just learn from me, please. But so not like I'm mad. So at first I was like enraged at the situation and like mad at the person. And then I'm like, right. no, like I'm mad at myself. Why didn't right. I just say what I really wanted? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things in here. So there's two things I want to talk about. Don't let me forget. Cause this is super juicy. The first one is self-trust and self-betrayal. Yes. And the second is beliefs and results. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go to self-betrayal. This is like the number one characteristic of womanhood. I don't know how else to say it. It's brutal. And it's because we've been told not to trust ourselves, right? Don't cry like that. Right. Literally don't right. have feelings. Yep. Which leads to your feelings are wrong. Now this goes out into a lot of topics. Let me tell you, it goes into food. Oh, I mm-hmm. ate, I was oh, so yeah. good today. I ate it. Yes. Good. What the frick are you talking about? I you literally have food. a whole PowerPoint about that. Do you? Re- oh my gosh. I love you so much, yes. Sarah. We yes. love you, Julie. Yes. Okay. So then the yeah, next thing. Is- <laughs> so, so good. Okay. So I've done a lot of work with women who've been raped. Now I'm using this as an extreme example. And if this triggers anyone, I deeply apologize. Hang with me and just see if you can just hear inside this conversation that there's no, you're totally safe. And that this is meant to be an empowering uh, perspective on what we do as women. I really want you guys to hear this. Okay. So the women I would work with the physical part of the rape, they could really, I don't want to say get over, but they could really work through that. Like they healed physically. They could understand they were safe. Now that was, that part was okay. It sometimes makes me cry. What was brutal, what was vicious is they would say, I knew, Mm. and I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. I knew, and I didn't want to look like a freak. I knew, and I didn't want to make him mad. That self-betrayal, I'm using an example that all of us women can understand because somewhere subconsciously, we know at any moment, half the population is stronger than us. Like we kind of just Mm -hmm. walk around with this. And I use that as an example, because it can be in a calm moment while you're listening to this podcast, you know, we're, we're all safe. We're, We're just sort of listening and enjoying and learning as we know we're safe. Yeah. And you can look at that example and go, God, I would have run, or I would have been like, Hmm, would you? And we got to understand that people are getting raped because they don't want to be rude. 
You got to look at the depth of that self-betrayal. And again, that is not me critiquing anyone else. What I'm saying is this is how dire our training has been. This is how deep be a good girl runs. And Mm -hmm. we've got to look at that and go, holy crap, I would betray myself at that level because I'm more worried about what other people would think than I am about protecting my body. Holy right? Like that's a wake up call for us. And again, that's what I mean by this is a safe conversation to just sort of look at that and go, oh my goodness. Right. And in looking at that extreme example, we're going to take it now back to you, Sarah, with a softer example as you needed time to be changed because there was something important for you. And you were more worried about what this person would think if you asked directly, than you were worried about protecting your time. And again, no judgment. It just tells us, what our values are and what we've been told our values should be. Because quite frankly, if women stop doing all the invisible work that we do, the world would stop running. Like, let's just be straight about that. I mean, literally the world would stop running. I love that. I think it was at Iceland where all the women just stopped one day. They're like, don't give us equal pay. Good luck. Like it was just like, and they got what they wanted. Yeah. It was years ago, but it was like, they brought the country to a halt because we are so valuable. And when I ask the question, who does that benefit? We got to sit back and look at how society is structured. And please don't hear that as I think there's a big bad, or there's some big conspiracy to keep women in their place. No, it's more like we've been trained to do this. And now we need to Mm -hmm. like take ownership of that and go, wait, I don't want to be trained to do this. I want to be rude when it comes to me being safe. Thanks though. Right. Right. And really looking at that and starting to have that bleed out into other parts of, of our world so that we can really start to heal this for us and for society, because it, like we were saying, it doesn't benefit our children. It doesn't benefit our spouses. It doesn't benefit anyone that we're the ones like doing all this invisible work and no one's paying attention. So that's the self-betrayal piece, right? And that's why you were so furious because you had said, I need to protect this for myself and you didn't. And so that's really where the healing work needs to go. And again, no judgment, please. I've probably done that twice this week. Like this is something we all need to really work on, right? Like, And that's the crazy thing is that like, even with a lot of self-awareness, like I knew when I put that last sentence in there, I was like, I shouldn't put this in there, but it just keeps it like a little lighter or a little cozy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you like, want to look at like, okay, what like, were you so afraid of if oh, you weren't cozy? Like what's going to happen? And that's, I know. this is so dumb. No, so it's dumb. not. Like, no, be to- nice to Sarah. Be nice. <laughs> no, be nice to you. No way. And this is where the kind of the belief and the results conversation comes in. So I sort of alluded to it when I said, what would happen if you weren't cozy? what would happen if you were direct and, and the fear that we all have around that, right? Like I said, even to the extent we don't want to be rude when we know we're in danger, like, whoa. So we want to just look at that and go, wow. Okay. So what am I so afraid of? Here's, you know, as the coach that I am, here's what we're going to talk about. And I do this a lot with women and money, but let's talk about it in the results that we have in our life. Like say our joy, our level of joy or our our level of peace or connectedness with others is I can tell you what you believe by your results and how that works is. (laughs) So there's the invisible side of, I'm going to call it manifestation. I don't love that word, but let's call it that. Okay. You're manifesting certain results in your life. You make them happen. So the invisible side of that process is you have a belief that belief creates a thought. Okay. So now I've got beliefs and thoughts. Those are both invisible how the heck does that have anything to do with my results? 
the results are visible, right? We can see what someone's life is like. We can see how they're acting, right? We can see these things that are happening out in the world. We have tangible evidence. How do we get from the invisible world to the visible world? The bridge is action. Mm, yeah. so you have a belief that creates a thought. That thought will lead you to act a certain way, like leaving a sentence in an email, and that will give you a specific result. So what I'm going to say by that result is somewhere deep down, Sarah Dean has a belief that her needs can't be met or won't be met. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to go, whoa, that's why my actions did not match the result I said I wanted. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. Totally. Yeah. And so when I say be nice to Sarah Dean, <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> that belief was probably just planted right in your brain, right? When you were very young. And this is why I personally believe as a coach, it's so important. We understand what those beliefs are. Yeah. And I know it gets thrown around on memes and stuff. And that drives me nuts. People are like, just manage your limiting beliefs. Most people don't even know they have them. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they are and you don't yeah. understand the massive role yeah. it plays in the results that you have in your life. And it, it really does come down to that. And that's why we want to be so generous with ourselves while we're figuring that out and navigating it. You wouldn't yell at a five-year-old. You wouldn't say, God, you are so stupid. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't say that, but the belief was probably there when you were five. Totally. And so you want to heal it as if you were talking to a five-year-old. And that's what I mean by be gentle and kind, because you're doing the very best you can with the beliefs that you've had for all these years. Absolutely. Absolutely. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Oh my goodness. This has been... It's so funny because... 
like, these are the things I talk about in therapy. And this, and I will say your responses mirror hers. <laughs> what, what does little girl Sarah need to hear? Oh, <laughs> yes, little all, girl Sarah. We love but, you. But, woman. but we all have this. We all yes, have, like, yes. it's so I'm happy to like be the example here because I know it's relatable <laughs> and I know <laughs> and I'm really good at laughing at myself. So, but this is so, I think it's so important. And I appreciate you uh, like walking through that because I think that my examples, while, you know, it's anything from the shoe tying to the tricky message exchange are, you know, there's levity in both of them. <laughs> yeah, there is. There but is. also like deep truths in both That's of them. Right. So I want to talk because I, I want to shift this just a bit. I'd love to talk about as a result of some of these things, as a result of this high functioning codependency and us being like, so out to help other people all the time and really like betraying our own growth and needs mm-hmm. <laughs> and every turn in some cases, <laughs> we really don't, we're not good at selling or self-promoting or marketing ourselves or our brilliance. Mm. And so if we have businesses that can obviously really hold us back because, oh my God, all we do in our own businesses is self-promotion. And when I say that, I don't mean that like everyone who has a business is out there grossly selling in, in yucky ways, but like, if you have a business, you are constantly selling yourself. (laughs) And for those of us that don't have businesses, we also, I think that women typically just undervalue the, what they can contribute Mm. and hold themselves back in terms of marketing themselves within an organization or when they're going up for a promotion. And so marketing their skills and their brains and their, you know, their own IP. So can you talk about that piece? Oh my goodness. Sure. Are we doing another 45 minutes? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is so fun. So I always joke. I was actually just talking to, I'm in the middle of leading a group coaching program. And I was talking about how making sales pages is my favorite thing. And they just look at me, they're like, how is that a thing? I'm like, oh my God, is that this? Right. So, and I think it's, believe me, not where I started by any stretch. So here's what I believe about sales and what I believe about marketing. And it really doesn't matter so much if you're getting, you know, a financial exchange for it, though. I do think it's very critical that we do. I do think that's a part of this. Hey, just keep doing invisible work thing that helps society function the way that it does at our expense. So I see this marketing and sales conversation as such a healthy one. Because we want people to know we can help, right? I mean, Sarah, we've been spending this whole time talking about how I was a people pleaser and I made sure people have everything in mind. And you're like, oh my gosh, I do everything for people. And I'd bend over backwards Mm -hmm. and we do this and then we undercut it. Yeah. And that allows it to continue, right? Then that just keeps the high functioning codependence in place. Yay. She's killing it. Go, go, go. You know, all these things. Oh, are you dropping dead? Yeah. Too bad. Everybody needs you. Keep going. And not knowing how to say I'm really, really good at X without feeling bad about it is yeah. such a shame. Yeah. Right. And it's another form of, I know you're going to be shocked, but it's another form of self-betrayal because mm-hmm. you're not telling the truth. But the other thing is it would be like a doctor walking past somebody who's bleeding out and going, Oh, I don't want to be salesy. Yeah. Okay. I got to go. You know, it's like yep. such a disservice and it causes harm. And so when I work with people who have businesses and sales is always a huge part of it because you can't sell, you don't have a business, right? Like it's kind of like the lifeblood. So the conversation is always about how can you let the other person know you can help? And if you look at sales that way, it's very, very different because you stop thinking about yourself. And one of the reasons I find so much joy in writing sales pages isn't because I want to sell a bunch of stuff. It's because I get to spend so much time 
in my head, right? In the conversations I have, in the work that I do, in the research I do, I never create a sales page without doing a survey ever because I may not know something about a different way I could help somebody. So when I find that information out and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what does keep her awake? Or what happens when she's at a party and she thinks no one's listening and she's talking to her best friend about what is just absolutely eating her alive, right? These things that are so important that people don't always want to talk about or they're embarrassed about, and you can help with that. If you can stay in the conversation of, I know who you are and I care about you and I'm going to help you get through this. Yeah. It's not hard. It's a joy because you know, it's true, but it's that first part of get over that pretend ego piece that you're not good at what you do. Chances are you're more extraordinary than, you know, and if you can own that piece and then get out there and have conversations with the people who need you, it's a totally different ball game. And if you're looking to get promoted or work inside of an organization in a different way, you have to understand They're aching for somebody to come in and say they can help the way that you can help. And if you don't raise your hand and say that you're doing a disservice to everyone. And I want people to always remember that visual of a doctor walking by someone who's bleeding out going, yeah, I don't want to be salesy though. I don't want anybody to think I'm like pushy. What the hell? Like, it's like, no, it's not about you. It's about the person who's bleeding out. It's about the person who needs your help. It's about the organization that's wasting time and money and resources when they said they wanted to help more people. Like that's what it's about. And if you can get out of your own way and realize it is more important that you help people than it is that you look good. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. My dog might start barking at the mailman in any given moment. (laughs) (laughs) My dog does that too. He thinks he's Cujo. It's a good time. Anyway, so that totally makes sense. I'm like, try, I'm like, do I need to mute myself? Um, that completely makes sense. And I want to give a quick example of that. Your example of the doctor, the bleeding out is like such a dramatic visual. I love that. Mm, mm. This actually came up recently in my business coaching group in the last cohort. We had a woman who was, she's a CPA and she was moving from working in a CPA practice or firm or whatever CPAs have and going out on her own. And she was kind of going through this thing of like, Oh, self-promoting and like, it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. Right. But every time she would show up in the group and give any of us like a, just a sneak peek of what she was doing. Every member of the group as a small business owner was like, Oh my God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And she was prior to kind of getting this feedback. She was like, I feel like it feels weird to be talking about like my accounting stuff. Does anyone want to know? Like, it seems like who would want to know about that? Wow. A group of small business owners who are just getting started and have no idea what to do with their taxes. They're like, begging her for her information. And so to your Mm. point around like sharing what we have and not being shy about it, when you have a solution that can solve someone else's pain point, and especially in a place where they feel really vulnerable, like a new business owner in taxes, like, holy cow, that's the biggest gift you could offer. (laughs) So you always have to be like flipping it to see like, okay, there's someone who is laying in bed at night because they don't have the solution and they can't go to sleep. They might even be laying in the bed crying and you Mm -hmm. have the solution to your point, you're doing harm by not offering that, by not providing it, by not showing up and really sharing that this is what you have to contribute. Yeah. And we got to get that worrying about how we're going to look is completely selfish and ego driven. And I mean, it just is like, there's that person. I love that visual. Someone's crying in bed and you're like, I'm worried how they might view me. Right. It's like, oh my God. I don't want them to think I'm trying to be salesy. (laughs) 
It's like, they're not thinking about you. They just want this illusion. And so that's kind of a key. You know, if you're nervous about sales or marketing, it's a really great place to start because so many of us really do want to help other people. So it's a really great way to start of like, oh my gosh, am I more worried about me than I am about them? And sometimes it'll really kind of snap too. And you'll go, oh my gosh, right, 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 right. This isn't about me. And once you're in that space, then you can really connect with people and have them understand you can help get them to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's so much more fulfilling and it doesn't feel draining and it doesn't feel hard. 100%. Oh my goodness, Sarah, this is, oh, this has been such a a fun conversation. I feel like (laughs) fun is a funny word to put on it because, you know, it's like my own therapy session. Was it fun? I don't know. It was productive. (laughs) 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 So, so good. So can you tell people, How do you work with folks before I go into my last question? How do you work with folks and where can people find you? Yeah. So I have two things that I love doing one-on-one coaching for sure. Still my favorite. And then I have group coaching programs and I have two group coaching programs that I absolutely love. One is called the sprint where for one quarter you sprint towards one goal and we're Mm. in a group coaching program to help you get to that goal. And the other is my sales mastermind where I really help women heal their relationship to money and kill it when it comes to sales in a healthy, loving, connective way. And I give all of my email templates and teach people how to understand PNLs. And really, I almost call it like business school for people who want to make the world a better place I love without it. the hefty price tag. Right. I love that. What's your website. I'm looking through my notes and I don't think I have a website for you. So uh-huh. where, do we, where do we find it's you? Very tricky. It's <laughs> sarahwalton.com. I know. Perfect. It's very tricky. No, but you can find me at sarahwald.com. We also have a YouTube channel called Sarah Uncut, where I flip my iPhone around and just tell it like it is as a coach in my life this week. And then I have a podcast called the Game On Girlfriend Podcast, as in the game is on. This is not your practice life. Mm, Love it. Say say the name of the podcast again, the Game On Podcast. Game On Girlfriend. Oh, Game On Girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen a word. Got it. Okay. (laughs) I'm taking mad notes here. Okay. So I will link everything up in the show notes and make sure that people can go right to our show notes, click through, get all those resources. So if you go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Sarah Walton, and then we'll have everything linked right there. Final question for you, Sarah. Hit me. In what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh my gosh. Well, we've had a life altering diagnosis in our family recently, as in like five days ago. And I got to tell you, being an advocate inside the medical community and not caring, again, not caring what people think to make sure people are safe and taken care of and that the future has some sort of clarity. I have been absolutely shameless (laughs) (laughs) that way. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And we will be sending lots of love your way as you navigate that because that's, that's big stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this has been magical. You have to come back because I know we have to do the next time I need therapy. I'm just going to call you and be like, (laughs) do you want to come on the show again? (laughs) You are so funny. Codependency and (laughs) self-betrayal. Let's talk sister. fantastic. I'm so grateful for you, for the work that you're putting out into the world. I'm so delighted and honored to be connected and just thank you. Thank you for being here today. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. I feel the exact same way. It's miraculous when we can find each other like this and be able to share and talk and grow together. It's amazing. Yes. 
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.